Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM 95.9. So, my next guest is Kwas Ruet. He's a poet and editor of PoetryPotion.com. Now, of course, uh, you know, in 2016, Kwas was noted as one of South Africa's top 100 inspiring and aspiring young people by independent media. He facilitates the poetry program for the University of Johannesburg's Art Academy, and he frequently hosts literally, uh, literary and sexual health talks with prisoners and young men around the country. He is the 2020 Mellon Writer in Residence at Wits University. Quads, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thank you very much for having me. It's also nice to hear my bio read back to me. <laughs> it's quite an impressive one, and I obviously did not go through everything because the list is very long. I only went halfway. Now, I have to tell you, I was I was having a chat with a very young person and um, at home and saying that I'm going to be talking to a poet. And, you know, I, I do love poetry. And, uh, you know, um, Khalil uh, Gibran, Gibran is uh, one yeah. of my favorite poets. I love Love him and of course Rumi mm-hmm. as well. So I said I was very excited to be interviewing a poet, and this young chap asked me, "How does a poet make money?" I was yeah. like, "Okay, this is a good question. <laughs> I'm going to pose it first up when I speak to this young man this evening." So, Quas, tell us because this is the money lessons feature. We love poetry, and um, you know we love poets, but how do poets make money? Oh, that's um, it's a very interesting question. I think poets make money by taking what we do, which is make magic with words, mm-hmm. and adapting it into something that can give us a return. So a lot of poets find themselves working for advertising companies. They um, screenwriters, scriptwriters. Um, a lot of poets are not necessarily making money off poetry, but using the craft of words and 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 and, and mm-hmm. that eye that they have for words. Um, so. Um, Really, it's about diversifying, you know. Um, you can do a couple of gigs and then something like COVID hits the world and then suddenly you realize, um, you know, just standing on stage and, and, and giving the words to the people isn't enough and that's not sustainable. So mm. I think over the years, um, it, it's been about trial and error, really, you know. Um, um, obviously, there's, there's, there's the immediate doing a gig, <laughs> excuse me, and then getting paid publishing a book and, and, and selling that and making money off that, you know, um, doing corporate work and making money. But there's, there's really no, no certainty in that. So for me, I've always preached diversify. Find what you are doing right now and see how else you can apply it to something else that, that will um, pay you and sustain you over the long haul, you know. And then you can keep your poetry as something that, you know, you can keep that burden of generating money off the poetry, away from the poetry, you know, and you can just go ahead and be creative. So I've been doing this for quite a while, and I'll tell you this, I think for the first maybe eight, nine, ten years of my life, I, I didn't quite grasp the the idea of, of stepping outside just being a poet. Mm-hmm. But once it hit me, I think I, I immediately saw the world and, and the different opportunities that presented themselves to me as a writer, you know, and seeing myself as more than just um, someone that stands on stage and, you know, preaches flowers or doom and gloom, but really that I can and take that skill and transform it into 
into uh, something else and monetize that. Yeah, tell me about that. Tell me about the early years when you were starting off and <laughs> when you first started making a bit of money. Because as you say, it was a, a, a challenge and in, you know, it took you a while to understand how to yeah. actually monetize this. Because at the end of the day, we, we all have our passions and, and, and it's either we make them work for us and in some cases they can't mm. work for us. They just mm. have to remain passions. Um, yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into diversifying ourselves especially if you are the person that's, right. you know, you are the talent, it's you or nothing. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, the, 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 the early years was, was uh, you know, when, when, when you sort of leave home and your parents say go to Vets Tech and study marketing and then you run into the theater group and then you realize this is what I want to do. And, yeah. and, so that, <laughs> and then you turn your back on marketing. And I mean, I, I started out at age 19. I was offered uh, um, as part of my practicals, you know, a, a lovely job for my age, you know, right here in Bramfontein. And um, the same year, I think um, about a month or so after getting that job, I was casted in a play that was going to um, um, travel to Mauritius, you know. So I yeah. made this decision that I want to do this because this is where my heart is at. And I have to, I have to say this. I was extremely lucky that that opportunity came my way. Not a lot of people who make that jump and say, I'm going to become an artist, have these opportunities immediately mm-hmm. in front of them, you know? So um, for years I was at Butch um, Tech and I did theater with, with a lot of guys that are right now on television, writing for television, uh, and, and some really um, influential people in the music industry themselves that all went to Butch Tech at the time, you know? And I think that that scene alone sort of made me see that this was viable because there was a community of artists that was on campus sustaining themselves. And then we moved out of campus and we started seeing shows like um, Soul to Mouth at at, that, what was this, not Hara Cafe, uh, um, um, Cool Runnings, excuse Mm, me, in Melville, in the dungeon, you know? (laughs) And then you you, you see a group of, of, of young people doing a show and charging at the door and then suddenly you see that you know, there's an opportunity to make money. And then suddenly the next two, three years later, I'm doing shows and, you know, with, with a collective of mine, um, Liquid Tang, uh, at Hara Cafe. And we did those for almost eight years straight around the Newtown um, area. You know, every Tuesday or Saturday we had a show going. And we found use that as a way of sustaining us, you know. And then as time progressed, um, published some books. and But I'll tell you this, this is money that comes in, you know, a month or a month, you like the richest poet in Johannesburg <laughs> and then for three months, you like and you broke. <laughs> yeah, with your, with your tail between your legs. But also it's the lessons of, of then learning to put away and understanding that this might not last forever and, 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 and learning to, to invest in things that will, you know, generate income later on, you know. So at a very young age, um, you know, my father was always on about put away at least 10% of your money. My mother said, give it to the church, you know. Um, and as a poet, I was like, yeah, well, my body is the temple, so I'm a church, I'll keep it for myself. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> so found a weird way of justifying that and, and, and started putting away, you know, but then also realizing that, yes, that's the first step, and then the next step is the discipline to not touch that, mm. you know, and then, and then falling and, 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 and having to relearn. And then I think over the last three years, really, it's a conversation myself and my partner, 
and my parents, because they are aging and they, they've just gone onto pension, have been having, you know, like, what are we doing going forward in terms of um, treating the money that's coming in, you know? Yeah. And um, I mean, um, just in terms of my journey, so I've been blessed after having done shows and doing things. Um, I started working at the university as a facilitator, and that became something that sustained me where I could still be creative and also use my skills and impart and give it to someone else, you know? And then that becomes your, your immediate community and you start working with those people and as the years progress, they become CEOs in businesses and then they throw a 10, 20,000 right gig at you, you know? So mm. it's, it's, the thing as well is in the arts and that's something that I think a lot of, of artists are starting to understand now because they, they you know, the buzzword is collaboration. Yeah. The thing with us is um, your network is your currency. You know, a lot of the work that we do is based on referrals. So mm. throughout the years, it's building building up that those relationships, but also you know making sure that the work that you present to these people that are in your in your network and in your relationships is worth them investing. So making sure that the craft doesn't um, you know become mediocre because you're trying to push a paycheck or whatever. You know, so there's this fine balance that that you constantly have to to sort of Absolutely. you know traverse. And you know. You, we must never underestimate how exhausting networking is. It's like a, it's like a job on its own. It's an ongoing process. It's a, it's an ongoing process, you know, and you, you, you cannot afford to, especially within the, the arts industry or the space that we're in, because I don't even want to call it an industry because mm. I think COVID proved to us that it really wasn't, you know, that there was, there was no structure when, yeah. when the gig economy fell apart, you know. But what, what we have to learn is that every interaction that we have with someone or that they have with us as an artist or as an audience member, it could turn off into a spin-off or into a negative review, you know? So yeah. you treat every, every interaction that you have with people, every moment that you have on stage as the last and the best moment that you're ever going to have on stage or in front of people or in a Zoom room or a Zoom meeting or a corporate event um, or in the poems that you write at home away from the people's eyes and the ego and the clapping and the audience, you know? Mm. So you apply that constantly to the work that you are doing and the networking. And I think over the years, um, people start seeing value in how you treat your work and also how you treat them and how you respect them. And then that becomes the currency. Then it becomes a back and forth, you know? Over the last over the last month alone, I think um, I have a community of friends and we've just been sharing gigs amongst each other. You know, yeah. uh, it's like someone sends something. I'm like, oh, no, it's OK. I've, I've got a paycheck. I'll send it to someone else. And then the next thing that someone else says, no, send that to Paul because he's the best mm-hmm. person. You need someone that's going to speak up each time. He's a, and, and that's how the community has been sustaining themselves, you know. So I think it's, 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 it's something worth, worth being um, cognizant of, like, and being very aware of that the people in your immediate community also become your currency in times like COVID, which... Um, you know, prove to us mm. that ultimately the, the, the what we needed to, to help ourselves was the people in our lives. Yeah. You know? And you, so, you know, when you talk yeah. about community and collaboration, we always, always need to remind ourselves we we don't live on an island. We not by ourselves you of know course. we need people yeah. and we need to give back as well so you know we need exactly. to help each other Quaz, exactly. tell me tell me now how how are you managing i mean obviously covid has been a huge knock on a lot of artists um yeah. how are you managing and uh, and what is what is the one thing that you still stick to when it comes to money to keep you um always in the black 
black being you know in the in in the in the good line in in yeah yeah you know we refer to it in the markets and the black yeah <laughs> it's a good place <laughs> yeah that's it's a, it's a good thing that black is referred to as a good place because yes. usually everywhere else it's like ah god there we go again ah, we're changing that we're changing that, that. <laughs> <laughs> nice um I mean, like I said, for me, it's an ongoing journey, you know, and um, over the last six months, because um, the effects of, of, of COVID hit home so hard, you know, with with um, everyone at home, my external family um, and everyone else sort of uh, losing their jobs, um, suddenly having a bit of savings and all of that, you know, when you talk about that rainy day, I assume it will be when I'm 60 or 80 and that's what I'm saving up for, you know? Yeah. But I think over the last few months, um, um, having been able to, to accumulate and also train myself to not spend more than I'm earning, um, um, to also have, have a, a bit left over to, to make sure that I now become that, that, that person that, that covers those that covered me when I wasn't earning, you know? Mm. So for me, um, um, that was important because I know that as an artist, when, when things get rough, um, those are also the people I call on. But the other thing is um, also just a bit of foresight, you know, to anticipate where am I going to be financially in the next week, in the next month, in the next three months, and then to make moves towards um, keeping yourself out of, you know, um, drowning, basically. And that's something that myself and my partner speak about every single day, you know, like wrestling around what's important, what's not, yeah. what should we buy, what should we not buy. Um, and then also disciplining ourselves and knowing that, that you know, the, the decision ultimately lies with us. And once mm-hmm. the money is spent, the regret doesn't get it back. So, so, so trying to train ourselves and keep ourselves from saying, oh, no, but it's, it's COVID and it's lockdown and, you know, we can um, versus no, if, if, if it was normal situation, would we still be, be, be doing these types of things, you know? But I'll tell you also the upside. When, 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 when we went into lockdown, hard lockdown, um, you know, those first 21 days, yeah. and they said you can't go out and, and whatever. We bought groceries, I think, for about two months, uh, not yeah. two months, two weeks worth of, and then we realized that lasted us for about a month because we kept it, you know, frozen. We bought uh, non-perishables and, 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 huh. and then suddenly... Was, we were, were you the one food. that bought all the toilet rolls up? <laughs> No, no, we went in batches, so it's me, my partner, and my mother, and <laughs> so don't blame me alone. <laughs> but what we realized suddenly was we don't need to spend that much money yeah. because at the end of the first month, suddenly there was all this money left over that yes. we usually wouldn't spend on oh. going out, sushi here, a movie there, yeah. a thing there. You couldn't even buy toys, or and then suddenly we realized this is where where where, where the leakage was, you yeah. know. And then we plugged th- those holes, and yeah, and um, that's been our our yeah. our focus now, just to keep. I suppose it's so important to recondition yourself and always have the discussion like you've been having. And of course, thanks to dad for teaching you, put away the 10% every time you get paid. Quaz, it was such a pleasure chatting to you. Thanks so much for your time. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. Uh, We will definitely be looking out for your poetry. Some of it is so beautiful. I mean, footprints of the heart, really great Afropolitans. Please look out for it. Quaz Root is a poet and and the editor of PoetryPotion.com. Thanks so much for your time. And that brings us to the end of our show this evening. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll be back again next Tuesday. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.